Good morning. I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus. It's a closer look at people, places, things right here in our own community. Uh, today, we're talking with someone else who is going to be involved in a big event with us later this year. It's Lori James, one of the Faces of Hope for the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Nashville event. Welcome, first of all, Lori. Thank you. Now, what does that mean, uh, Faces of Hope, and what does that mean to you? Faces of Hope to me means giving people who have been diagnosed with cancer that extra bit of hope that they need. Because when you're told that you have cancer, your world crumbles and you need other people that have survived it and made it through. You need to be able to look to them and say, if they can do it, I can do it. So if I can be that little bit of hope for somebody, then I'm more than happy to. You've got some experiences that will help you have insights that might help other people. Correct. So I always hesitate to ask somebody, okay, tell me your story. This is all personal. Tell me all your personal stuff. But that's what you're here for is to share your story, correct? Absolutely. Okay, so tell us what happened. March of 2022, I went in for my regular mammogram, and it was not odd for them to say we need to do an ultrasound and a diagnostic. I'd never had a mammogram that did not follow up with that because I had dense breast tissue. Mm -hmm. So they told me we need to do more testing. No problem. Yeah. Did that. And they came back and said, there's a spot and we can't clear it. We can't say 100% that it's not cancer. Mm -hmm. So normally we recommend that you come back and test in six months. Before I can barely even make it home because the radiologist came out and talked to me directly after the procedure. Yeah. So I barely made it home before my OBGYN called me and said, okay, I've, I've gotten your results. I want to toss an option out there for you to go see a breast specialist. She's like, would you want to do that? And I said, yeah, if I can go to a breast specialist that, you know, specializes in all of this and to determine that if this is cancer or not, then absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, because that's six months that you would be uh, in the back of your mind. And I have anxiety as it is. So that would not be good. (laughs) No. So I go to the breast specialist and she looks at everything and she says, based on what I see, I think it's less than a 3% chance that it's anything serious. I recommend testing again in six months. Hmm. So I did that, and I went in October and um, had um, the mammogram, and um, they came back and said, we still can't clear it. At this point, we recommend a biopsy. Mm -hmm. So my anxiety had kind of set aside after the breast specialist said, oh, it's less than a 3% chance that it's anything serious. So then I'm like, okay, now I've got to have a biopsy. Well, only about 20% of the people who have biopsies end up with breast cancer. Okay. So I'm thinking, okay, I've still got a pretty good chance here of it not being breast cancer. Odds are still pretty good. Right. So I have the biopsy on a Wednesday. They said that they should hear back, you know, definitely by Friday. I heard nothing. So then I had to wait all weekend. Uh. (laughs) And on Monday, um, I'm a financial analyst, so October is our crazy busy month when it comes to doing budgets for the next year. So it's working super long hours. Um, I was in the middle of a conference call um, going over budgets, and um, the doctor's office called me, and 
I stepped out for a moment and she's like, oh, do you have a second to talk? And I was like, absolutely. I'm in the middle of a conference call, but I can step out. She's like, oh, well, that's okay. We can set a time to call you back later. And I'm like thinking, um, you don't need to call me back later to say, hey, congrats, you don't have cancer. So I'm like, no, we need to have this conversation now. Yeah. And I felt bad for her because she was not the doctor. She was a lower level person. The person that normally does the phone calls is out. And so she had to tell me that um, I had invasive ductal carcinoma. What does that mean? It means that you have cancer that is, it's already moved from where it's originally at. So it starts in the duct. And when it becomes invasive, it's moved out of the ducts. Oh, wow. So that automatically starts you at stage one, at least. You can be stage zero, which is um, ductal carcinoma, something in situ, I think is. And that is where it would still be in the ducts. It's still within the area of where it started growing, and so it has not progressed outside of right. that. So at that point, you already know, okay, it's at least, it's it's progressed from where it started. It's going places. Yes. Did you go back to your conference call? Um, I, I, I went back and said bye. Oh, right. <laughs> right. I just kind of, and, um, you know, it was one of those things where, my mind was all over the place. Um, one of my employees was across the hall from my office and she come out and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. And, um, but in all honesty, the hardest conversation was calling my mom and dad to tell them over the phone, your daughter's been diagnosed with cancer and to hear their reaction and not be able to be there to, you know, help them, you know, because from even though I know it happened to me, I can only imagine what my parents were feeling to hear that news. Yeah. So um, they live in Alabama. They offered to drive up that night. And I said, there's nothing that you can do. Um, and I um, called um, my best friends, my best girlfriends. And um, and we went to Chewy's. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And uh, Chewy's made me feel better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, That's a Mexican food place. Yes. Mm-hmm. I understand that. So um, it, your mind just starts racing. It's like you instantly go into like this fight or flight mode. Really? And maybe that's just for me because I had anxiety. Um, but I feel like that, you know, being told that news, I mean, uh, unless you specialize in cancer, you have really no idea what that means yeah. w- when you're told this. And, of course, your mind goes, at least mine did, to the uh, worst-case scenario. And if you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus. And we're talking with Lori James, one of the Faces of Hope with the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Nashville event. So what did your mom say? Well, she instantly started crying. But at the same time, she's like, wait, no, 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 you Wait, start of it's like she was trying to say maybe I misheard. Or I've something. misheard, or you've misspoke. You, you know, yeah. you heard the doctor wrong. Yeah, and I'm like, no, yeah. it's it's cancer. So did they come up? They came up. Um, they came up for my doctor's appointment. Um, 
think it was like the next week I had with the surgeon and they came up and um, went with me to that doctor's appointment to hear what they knew so far about my cancer. Yeah. So what happened? I, um, at the time they did not know, um, they did not have the HER2 um, test back officially. It was borderline, so they have to send it off for additional testing. And the HER2 has to do with? It is a, um, it's one of the receptors that they have identified that can cause breast cancer to grow. Okay. You can either have hormone receptor, estrogen, or progesterone, or both. Mm -hmm. You can have a HER2 receptor. You can have all three of them, or you can have none of them. Oh, wow. Majority of the people, I want to say it's about 70%, are hormone receptor only. Okay. Um, so either estrogen, progesterone, or both. Which what, what difference does that make in how it's treated or how it grows? Do you know? I'm not I, asking you doctor stuff now. I'm sorry. I, I don't know that it matters that much between estrogen and progesterone mm -hmm. um, because I want to say you treat it the same no matter if it's one or both right. of the hormones. Right. And then so 70% of people, that's what they're diagnosed with. Then 15% of people are diagnosed with triple negative. Triple negative cancer means it has none of the receptors. They typically classify that as the most aggressive. Wow. Because they don't know what's making the cancer grow. Oh, wow. It's just growing. So yeah. they don't. They've come out with some new treatments, but they don't specifically, they don't have the hormone receptor to go after. They don't have the HER2 receptor to go after. Right. So it's considered the most aggressive, but about 15% of people have that type of breast cancer. Which one did you have? I am triple positive. So I have all of the receptors. Wow. My cancer grew because of estrogen, progesterone, and the HER2 growth factor. Wow. About 10% of breast cancer patients have are triple positive. Oh, wow. And then the final 5% is people who have HER2 only. Mm -hmm. They are hormone receptor negative, but they are HER2 positive. Okay. So you have triple receptor. What did that mean as far as a prognosis, as far as treatment? So it's not the best. Typically hormone only. Um, is the best prognosis. This is considered kind of the second best, but they have to treat you for all of it. They have to treat you for each of the receptors. Oh, okay. Because of the HER2, um, I ended up doing um, 12 weeks of chemo. Um, and then with that chemo, I also do immunotherapy. And it's, it is the targeted therapy for HER2. Okay. And then after that, they um, checked. And because I did not, my cancer had not spread to my lymph nodes, I was considered stage 1A, and I did not have to have radiation, which I was very thankful because if I had to have radiation, it is five days a week for about four to six weeks, depending on yeah. the, the people's cases. I was very thankful I did not have to do radiation. But after the chemo, they then started, I have to do hormone blockers. So basically, my body still produces estrogen and progesterone. Right. But because it can, if I still have any cancer cells in my body, it can make the cancer grow. Mm -hmm. You then take a medication that will block basically 
your the cells in your body from recognizing your estrogen and progesterone. Oh my gosh. And that's for 10 years. Do you notice changes in your in yourself in your life and your your energy or anything? Um absolutely. I mean, it's life you don't go back to normal. You go to your new normal. Are you are you cancer free now? Um Everybody's kind of different in when they say if, if you're cancer free, to my knowledge, yeah, um, I am cancer free. My doctor has not said to me, hey, Lori, you're cancer free. Right. But I had a double mastectomy, so I removed both of my breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was no cancer in my lymph nodes. Um, and then I went through chemo. Um, and then I'm doing the immunotherapy and I'm doing the hormone blockers. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, there is no more cancer in my body. So you don't get back to normal? What changes in your life? So, I mean, our breasts don't make us women. They are just part of, you know, what makes us a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, as someone who has always had large breasts, Mm -hmm. to have those completely removed, I've not had my reconstruction surgery yet, it's... It's difficult to look yourself in the mirror sometimes. You don't recognize that body. I mean, the the body that I've stared at for 45, now 46 years, is, is not the same mm-hmm. as what it was. And going through the chemo and you lose your hair. I've always had long hair. People have always commented about how pretty my hair is, how thick and healthy it is. That's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, before all this happened, I had worked really, really, really hard, and I lost 125 pounds on my own. Going through chemo, I had a a severe allergic reaction to my first round of it. In doing that, they had to give me double steroids for each one of my chemo treatments thereafter to make sure that I did not repeat the um, allergic reaction. Right. Taking all of the steroids, the weight added back on. Yeah. So now to look in the mirror and I have super short hair. Um, my breasts are not there. And I see the weight that I have gained after I had worked so hard. Mm. It's difficult. I mean, there are some days that I look in the mirror and go, yep, you know what? This It is what it is. And it's just another day and you just keep on going. Yeah. But then there's other days that you look in the mirror and go, wow, really? This is, this is where I'm at. This is not what I thought at 45, 46 years old that I would be going through. Mm-hmm. But it's the cards that I've been dealt. And as a person who has anxiety, here is, for me, what has helped me through all of this the most. Okay, this is important. My faith. I know that there are people who say, eh, whatever, but I am telling you, you can ask anyone who knows me a couple of years before this, I was having anxiety attacks, sometimes up to three a day. There were times that it would take me talking to my mom and my dad, both for me to physically get ready in the mornings and go to work. Anxiety just ran through me so bad. Things had gotten a lot better, anxiety-wise. When I got this diagnosis, you can ask any of my friends, they instantly thought, oh, wow, 
her anxiety is about to go through the roof. And it started creeping in. But I had a long, long conversation with God one night. And I cried a lot because I didn't understand why I had to go through this. But after that long cry and my conversation, he told me, yes, you have to go through this, but it's going to be okay. There is a reason I need you to go through this, to help somebody else through whether it's their breast cancer journey or any other cancer journey, then I want to do that. That's why Faces of Hope means so much to me because I know what it feels like to be told you have cancer. You can have your best friends, your loved ones. You can have your entire family there to support you every step of the way. But unless they themselves have been told that they have cancer, they do not know how you feel. They want to help you. And they wish that they could, but there's just something about talking to somebody that has been told that they have cancer. They know what that feels like. And that's what you want to do is be there for people who have been told, and you can look them in the eye and say, I know. I know exactly how you feel. Because there are so many times when people say, oh, I have this going on in my life, and you're just like, Oh, I I know how you feel. Do you? (laughs) Do you really? And cancer is one of those you don't. Your best friend can have cancer. Your parents can have cancer. Your grandparents can have cancer. And you have gone through the journey with them for their cancer. But until you're told you yourself have cancer in your body, it's just not the same. If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus, and we're talking with Lori James, a great choice for one of the faces of hope for the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Nashville event, the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Nashville walk itself. How many people have come up to you since your diagnosis and opened up to you because of that? Um, I mean, there have been several, but it's crazy the conversations I've had with strangers. Really? Just in open conversation, shopping for stuff and pink clothes, um, that type of thing. And just in innocent conversations that, you know, it comes up and and I talk about it. And the number of people that, to me, I don't feel like I'm doing anything special. I'm just simply telling my story and what I have done and how that my faith has brought me through so much of it, but the leaving words are, wow, you have really inspired me. And so for me, I kind of feel like it's that God wink. When I walk away from that conversation, by that statement that they just made, it's that God wink of going, see, I'm using you to spread the information. I'm using you to inspire other people. Mm-hmm. All my friends know, even people at work know, and and I don't care if you are male or female because it can happen to men as well. If you find something in your breast, especially if you're a man, go get it checked out because breast cancer can happen to you as well. Mm-hmm. But for women, 
same thing, but also make sure you do your annual mammogram. That's the only way mine was detected. Right. Because I didn't feel anything. And thank goodness it was detected as soon as it was, because if it had spread to my lymph nodes, then I, that means I would have had to have gone through radiation. Why did you not want to go through radiation? I mean, I, I know that it's it's bad. It's hard. But you personally, because it was just too much on top of everything else? It's just, you know, it's one more step of treatment. I mean, it's you're literally having radiation, you know, beamed into you. Um, people, their skin can get burned. Um, you know, it causes a lot of skin issues. Because of breast cancer and doing radiation, it's all there close to your heart and other things. So, you know, they do all these different things to make sure that it doesn't cause an issue, but there's always that potential. Wow. I had a friend who had breast cancer and she she said it looked like somebody had put a hot iron on her body. Mm-hmm. And uh, she eventually did did not survive her last round of breast cancer. But so she kind of shared some of the the stuff. But like you said, I couldn't know exactly how she felt. Right. What do you think is the most important thing that you want people to know or think about or remember? I think for people, if you have a friend, a loved one, and they're going through cancer treatment, is just because they're done with chemo or radiation, whatever their final big treatment, chemo and radiations are the big treatments. Things don't just go back to normal for them. They still have struggles. So like for me, even though I'm through with chemo and I am, um, I didn't have to have radiation, my immunotherapy goes for an entire year. So I now go every three weeks to get immunotherapy. What is that? Um, so my immunotherapy is the targeted therapy for HER2. So it is specialized in treating the HER2 receptor of my breast cancer to help your immune system. It is to help it target to make sure that that growth factor is what her two is that it can't cause the cancer to grow. Okay. So you go back every three weeks and then I will continue to take a pill for 10 years to block my hormones. So it's like all the things that make you kind of part of being a woman your breast, your hair. I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it. We women, we spend a lot of money on our hair. Yeah. Your hair's gone. Your breasts have been removed. Now I'm taking hormone blockers for the hormones that specifically make me a female. Mm-hmm. It feels like being a female, I'm just, I'm being attacked. Everything that makes me a woman is like being attacked. Wow. Or is part of what is trying to kill me. Ultimately, yeah, it's tough sometimes. And I have had an amazing group of people following me through my entire journey and not any fault of their own. But many people after chemo and I didn't have to have radiation. It's like, oh, great. You made it through everything. Uh. I did. I did. But I'm still going through stuff. So for me, that is the one thing that I hope that people will learn and can take away is that just because you're through with the big treatments, cancer patients still need your love and support after that because 
in my mind, that's really when the mental part kicks in. You're constantly going to doctor's appointments. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that for the first part. Then when that kind of dies down, then you're really faced with looking in the mirror and what has cancer done to me? It's taken my hair. It's taken my breast. It's, you know, it's taken part of, you know, my body from the weight gain. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, you can just lose the weight again. Your body's changed. It's the same reason why women who go into menopause tend to gain weight because of their hormones. Oh, my gosh. Your hormones are out of balance. Well, how do you balance your hormones when you're taking a pill to block your body from recognizing two of them? Yeah. So it's just, it's life changing. You establish a normalcy, but it's not the normalcy that you had before. It's, it's something new. And the fatigue, the fatigue can sneak up on you sometimes. Still. Sometimes you're fine and then you do something that, okay, it took a little energy out of me. It's not that, oh, I'll just get a good night's sleep tonight and I'll be fine tomorrow. Mm-hmm. No, that can stick with you for several days. You just don't recover the same. What is something that somebody said to you that you thought, okay, just you don't even know. You should never say to someone who has been diagnosed with cancer. Other than you can lose the weight again. At least you'll get a great boob job out of it. People say that and they're trying to make you smile. They're trying to find a light in it. But I would take the breasts that I had that were not perfect in any way. I would take those a million times over having to, you know, whether if I choose to have implants or not, I had just rather not go through this at all. So having perky boobs out of this is not a, you know, woohoo. Consolation prize. No. If you could say, I wish somebody would walk up to me and say this, do this, be this, do something for me. What do you need in your life? at this point because I think you probably speak for other people who are I don't know for me I am a giver so it's very hard for me to say what I need because going through this journey for me I've looked at it as what have I learned from it that I can then share and spread to others to help their journey be better yeah and in that way instead of focusing like there was this bad this bad this bad that's all it is is this bad that becomes a part of a hundred a thousand goods it's the seed like you said that is being used for you to share the knowledge the information the compassion and the hope bottom line now we want to mention that Lori's going to be at the making strides against breast cancer nashville walk you've got a team raising some money yes but I want to make sure there are no final thoughts, anything I've neglected to ask that you think. I just want to make sure people remember this. I would just say, I mean, if you have someone, a friend that is going through, whether if it's breast cancer or any other kind of, uh, of cancer, is even though they tell you they're fine, keep checking in with them. That, that means a lot. It's easy for a lot of people. I know that it's easy for me to say, oh, I'm good. No, nope, I don't need anything. I'm, I'm perfectly fine. But having someone to say, okay, okay, I hear you. 
but to call you back that next week going, okay, I'm checking in now this week. I had a friend that every Tuesday, because that was when I had my chemo, and then that was weekly, and then it switched to um, every three weeks. Every Tuesday morning, I woke up to a text from him, checking in, saying, I recognize that today is, you know, your chemo, your immunotherapy, whatever. I woke up to that text every morning, and that meant something, because they... I don't expect other people to track when I have my treatments, but he purposely made sure that he had that in his calendar, that on every Tuesday, he reached out to make sure that I knew that I was loved, I was acknowledged, and that, you know, he was there if I needed anything. Lori, I think that's something probably a lot of people listening right now will go like, dang it. I can do that. It's so simple. I can do that. We all have a phone. You can set up reminders on your phone. You can even go in and schedule a text. I don't know how he does it. Maybe maybe he's already typed them all up and have them all scheduled. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But the fact that he does it means the world to me. The support from him and his wife have been amazing. And, you know, so... And, you know, I've even had the friends who went with me to chemo. Yeah. I even had um, my um, boss go with me to chemo. Yeah. He wanted to go to support me, to know that he was there for me. Yeah. So just be there and keep checking back. Keep checking in. Do not accept, I'm fine, and then just leave it at that. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lori James, one of the faces of hope for the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Nashville Walk. Uh, She's going to be out there. We're going to be out there. Hopefully, we get to get lots of hugs and lots of hope from people like Lori. Thank you. Come join me. My group is Girls, Girls, Girls. I would love to see you out there. Good. Make sure you join us again next week, please. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.